Hello and welcome to our next episode of What We Are All About. The idea for this podcast came from going through life and figuring things out step by step. In societies that tell you to grow faster, the question comes up if there can be different approaches to life and its pace. Come along with us. To us, it's the journey that counts the most. Hello and welcome to episode 11. Hello. This is Saul Berlin. And Steve. How has your week been? So today is Thursday, right? Today yeah. is Wednesday. So today is Wednesday, right? <laughs> oh my Freestyle. god. Freestyle. Oh no, that's gonna stay in. <laughs> so embarrassing, I can't present myself as an intellectual if I don't know the day of the week. Okay, we'll start again. Unless I'm just so absorbed in my, you know, taxing mental lifestyle. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm so deep into you're my You're just so in the moment that you don't care about I'm just so hyper-intelligent that I just don't have time to think about the days of the week. <laughs> okay, no comment. Okay. <laughs> uh, so today is Wednesday to confirm. Up until this morning, it's been a, you know, a regular week in that I can't even remember what happened Monday or Tuesday. That's a good thing because it's just chilled. Mm -hmm. But this morning was kind of scary because as I turned up to work, the street next to my workplace was all closed off by the police mm. because of this bomb scare. Yeah. In the in the DB office, which is the regional train network in Germany, um, it turned out to be nothing. Of course, it was simply uh, a leftover bag. Oh, it was in the office, actually. I don't know if it was in the office or on the street, but uh, yeah, okay. basically, you know, it was a big scare and the uh, whole street was closed off and right. there was sort of like 20 or 30 police officers and just was quite a scene and like way too much at like seven in the morning mm. to, to kind of comprehend. But then it just, of course, brought around all kinds of questions and everyone like, you know, isn't it alarming that as soon as we see like an item of clothing, um, my bag in this situation yeah lying around it creates like the immediate assumption is, is that it could be a weapon totally it's a real shame yeah um you know I, I i totally understand the police response is to you know it's for everyone's safety so i'm really thankful there are people that are um capable of doing these jobs mentally but it's just a shame some you know in society that we have to assume that it's it's a weapon placed there to yeah, create and inflict damage, mm -hmm. you know, I guess maybe like a hundred years ago, no one would want, but, you know, the war has been around for a long, long time, but it's just a shame. And it made me yeah. think about that. And, yeah. Uh, I wonder how we, how we'd ever pull away from that or if it's ever possible, but that's a, that's a massive topic we could yeah. maybe get into some other time. Seems like a pretty grim topic as well. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, the week's been fine. You know, just same old. It's been pretty hot this week, which is nice. And, um, you know, it was a weird morning seeing all that happen. But despite that, I feel quite positive and happy today. So, yeah. Yeah. Did that wake you up a bit more in a sense of just like enjoying the day even more after? Um, or Well, I was already was fully awake after like... my cold shower in the morning. Yeah, true. Um, the cold showers. Yeah. 
just talk about that for a moment actually well yeah so <laughs> since i guess it was summer 2018 yeah or I think. just late summer was 2018 it? i've been doing the the cold shower technique which yeah. i'm sure like people have been doing this for a long long time as well but i learned it or i i was kind of sold it by wim hof yeah. The, the crazy Dutchman. True, that's a long time ago already because yeah. I tried it already all the time in like beginning of 2019. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So every morning I cold shower um, mm -hmm. and it re I think it really helps with energy levels, uh, boosts your immune system because it teaches you or reminds your body how to deal with stress and unforeseen physical circumstances, which in tow helps your your brain deal with unexpected challenging mental states too so basically it's an immune system booster and definitely wakes you up like you enter the shower feeling quite drowsy and you definitely step out feeling a hundred percent awake yeah which is awesome yeah i can, so I can recommend it yeah. yeah i mean i properly got into it what this year basically yeah yeah um because before I was always just jumping in like for two seconds and saying like, oh yeah, I did the cold shower. Yeah. Um, so, but what Steve then kind of eventually convinced me about is uh, that you actually really try to do two minutes. So what I do now is um, I just have one song where I know it's two minutes is up. So I put another song on just before I get into the shower yeah. and jump under just for like, the start of the song and then i know um when it sort of stops yeah and the music's always the same it's like 70s exactly. disco music yes. so, so disco showers. In, case, in case you're wondering which song that would be um it's this will be from natalie cole wait well, you could just share your disco shower playlist oh true yeah i'll share my disco shower playlist why not it's yeah. called actually on my um profile it's called guten morgen which is like good morning yeah. um really wakes you up in a very nice disco way because the nice thing is after that song the power of love comes on from huey lewis yeah, yeah so <laughs> and the crazy cold showers yeah, it's a good way to start your morning. I completely agree. And um, especially since at the moment we should all be focusing on strengthening our immune system. And I yeah. think that's a really nice way to do it. Yeah, thank you for introducing it to me. Because, yeah, you should really thank Wim Hof. Yeah, no, I thank you because you actually brought this to me. Because I used to, like, my dad does, like, hot and cold showers as well. So the, the idea of it isn't, like, something completely new. And actually in yoga philosophy... The first thing they tell you is, well, to have a cold shower before you practice yoga. So quite interesting. Mm. Cool. Then um, moving on to maybe further like last week, because I always like... See... But how's your week been? Yeah, well, we'll get to that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, what happened on Saturday as well was that we said goodbye to... Um, one of our Japanese friends who has been with us for six years. Well, he bought a return ticket for, I think, February um, because the tr um, flight tickets are just cheaper that way. Uh, so who knows if he will make it back here or not. Um, just like in one of Murakami's stories, basically, yeah. right? <laughs> but yeah, and in that spirit, would you like to maybe share your 
thoughts on that Saturday because I, I thought you summed that up so nice when we were back here sitting on our balcony looking at the beautiful moon, moonlit and starlit sky. So um, as you, you pointed out actually, when uh, you know, after we'd met up with Masamichi and said goodbye to him, you pointed out that it felt like the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Which, you know, really got me thinking about it and I, I felt like I felt the same too actually. I felt like it was definitely the end of an era. Um you know, or say yeah, the it's not that the era was defined by like the time we spent with Masamichi just to me defined in a sense how the passing of time is so subtle yet is so remarkable when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And it made me realise that, you know, when I lived back in Scotland, I suppose in Scotland, the cultural diversity is a bit lower. I pretty Although I had different friends who came from different backgrounds and I'd never had a Japanese friend before, so that was really cool to get to know Masamichi in Berlin. And, you know, through chatting to him, we got to know a bit about um, Japanese culture. And then, and then we ended up actually eventually travelling there mm-hmm. and met him there in Tokyo, which was an awesome experience. Yeah, um, that was just sort of by chance that he was in yeah. the in Tokyo whilst we were so that was so lucky to spend the day with him there yeah. which was also very special and then it, so we actually ended up basically spending six years with Masamichi in Berlin and uh, it started through coffee because he's a he's a real coffee professional and he applied for a, a job many years ago in our cafe and um, and I also started working with him at the same time like yeah. I was that crew with him yeah when know? we hired yeah. him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it was a really cool journey of work. You know, he worked with us in Oslo Cafe Bar, then he helped open up another bar with us and he really consulted us on a, a bunch of cool things. And, you know, he was actually the barista who worked every Christmas in Berlin whenever he went home. So mm-hmm. it was almost like... What a champion. Yeah, he, he literally... Well, thanks to him, we were open 365 days of quite a few of the years. Yeah. How and many years, years was that? Like, yeah, I'm not, I think he did at least three yeah, I feel like yeah. three for sure, and maybe literally more. Just, literally yeah. just ran the operation himself for almost two weeks. And it was like, people often remarked that, you know, for the, for this two-week period over Christmas, it turned into Tokyo Cafe Bar. Yeah, for sure. Just with him, his personality filling the space. So that was really nice. But so basically when, when um, Masumichi left at the weekend, it just made me realize how unusual the whole situation can seem to me. You know, my life in Berlin... When I reflect on it from a bit of like a third pers- third person perspective, then I think it's it's really like stunning how ten years ago, for example, just before I moved to Berlin, I would have found it almost impossible to properly foresee and like predict the future. You know, i.e., the life I now lead. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I would have never have guessed that. You know, had someone pushed me to really say, "Can you tell me possibly where you where you'll be in two thousand twenty?" It just made me realize, would I have any way of knowing how things would turn out, you know, because I'd never, at that point, I'd never planned to, um, not only did I never plan to open a coffee shop, but I had no interest in coffee. Mm-hmm. I also had no idea I'd, I'd end up making music of other genres. I was so into like just the band and like rock and, you know, rock music. I had no idea I'd have friends like Masumichi who I would end up knowing for six years, a yeah. long period of time. Yeah. In Berlin, that they would leave. Um, I had no idea that I would, um, you know, meet you, 
yeah. and become engaged to a, a German <laughs> girl. So that, that was, um, and all this has happened over the course of eight, eight um, to nine years. A German girl or a German woman? Well, if you classify <laughs> me as being a Scottish loon, then you're a German Yeah, lassie. I feel like, I feel like loon, yeah, but I, th- that's, ex- let's correct that right now. Because I always feel like lassies are more like girls it, so and just to clarify, a lass is like a So just to clarify, woman I would more. still feel like, weirdly enough, I would... Like, I, we I always it, call you Loon yeah, for, like, a cute, like, sort of I way. I think I just find it strange, and it, I, there's a part of me that still feels very young, so I always, I tend to forget, I I feel weird even describing myself as a man. Yeah. I still yeah, feel like if push think... comes to shove, I would say I'm a Scottish boy, mm, which, yeah. you know, people would definitely disagree with, you know. Yeah. But that's kind of what I feel like, so autopilot Yeah, but I feel like Loon is I... just, like, it's just, like, a really nice word, like, yeah. In Scottish language, sort of, and like I always well, say, it I wouldn't. the gap of boy to man? And yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't say you know. Just male, basically. Lassie about me, I would always just yeah. say a lass. You know, we had that discussion before, yeah. just like the difference between, like I feel like lassie is a bit more like girly, and then yeah. lass is more like a woman, sort of. But maybe that's just my outside mm. perspective. But yeah, getting back anyway, to the point. Yeah. <laughs> so it basically, just made me realize that. You know, life can take all kinds of crazy twists and turns, and I had zero idea that I'd end up being where I am now, ten years ago. And somehow the leaving of uh, Masumichi just brought all this to mind, and made me realize that, you know, time really flies, mm-hmm. and it's kind of impossible to know where you're going to be in, yeah, six months or a year or ten years. And sometimes when I worry about, or I'm just at least concerned about where the future might lead. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, and that worry mostly comes from the fact that you don't know how you're gonna get to where you want to be in five yeah. years. You think like, you know, I'd love to be doing this, but you know, how on earth did I get there? It must be, it must require so much intelligence or so much forward planning, mm-hmm. so much like precise luck or something like that. Yeah. But then, in a sense, you know, I didn't plan to get to where I am ten years ago. It just simply unfolded. Yeah. So you you can kind of strictly plan things for the future but you can you can also just let life unfold and you know if you're just kind of consistently paying attention and prioritizing your health and your probably your pro socialness and you know getting to know people and being a being a good friend and family member and prioritizing things like that i think that you can just let life unfold mm-hmm. and then just trust that i have the ability to you know get somewhere um, I, I think I'm the kind of person that can like instinctually navigate life and get somewhere um worthwhile, yeah. Without strictly planning it too much, yeah. I think it's yeah. Otherwise, this whole like, r- like rigorously planning just ends up freaking me out, and I just yeah. Think and also, that, well, just like you know, when you just think of the future and like some like I definitely have fear fears or like anxieties coming up sometimes, yeah. and then I'm like wait a minute, like in this moment, everything's all right. Yeah. So just always reminding myself of that again and yeah. again. And also we went to this um, really lovely party of a friend on Saturday. Um, it was his 35th birthday, which is a whole other kind of craziness, you know. People <laughs> don't seem this old. When you, when you say the number, it seems weirdly totally. old. Yeah. But it was also another sort of um, cornerstone for me in a sense because I was there with you you know, a relatively, 
like a new addition to my life still in you know in the grand scheme of things yeah you know um and then um we went to like the friends party was kind of is it a mutual friend of of ours who we got to know relatively recently too and they were all german there and it was um and the whole party was in german too like spoken in german yeah um so it was just another thing i thought like my goodness i like could i have ever would i have ever thought that in you know eight nine years time i would be uh, at an old German party mm-hmm. in a back garden. I mean, we say garden party, but it was just a gathering of a few people in a yeah. garden, which was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't what some of you may, you know, feel like a party should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of booze and crazy activity. Exactly. It's yeah, quite it was, civilized. Yeah, it was very civilized. <laughs> yeah. In the civilized nicest way possible, yeah. yeah. Civilized, a friend of mine just otherwise said otherwise known as relaxing exactly i had her over for dinner on friday and she said oh it's so civilized but to be honest i take that as a compliment because i think civilized can very often mean just very nice togetherness listening to good music and things like yeah. that yeah so also just to take that fact in of you just being at an all german party kind of yeah, again, just like sort of marveling at the random twists and turns and the total unpredictability of the future. Yeah. It was just really brought to my attention. Just one of those moments where you think like, I definitely did not foresee this. Yeah. But this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So like, I was really thankful to be there. And, you know, I'm really thankful that the randomness of life in the universe mm-hmm. just took me there. Yeah. I didn't plan for it, but, you know, regardless, it, it's there. It happened. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and just when you said that sort of on our wee balcony when we were looking at the stars, it sounded so nice. So yeah. I thought it was worth to take a moment and share that. Another very nice thing that happened last week. So just after we recorded the last podcast, I think it was a Monday, so it was quite short notice. Um... But then, you know, like I was talking about the book The Secret and like the power of positive thinking and things like that. And so that was on, like then, you know, just like the idea sort of to catch up on last week, like what you put out there comes your way as well. So just the day after um, someone else talked to me about The Secret you know, just after you talk about something, then something comes back to you kind of in a way um, that is mentioned. Oh, you mean that after you mentioned the book, The Secret, somebody started talking to you about said book? Exactly. They mentioned it on the podcast. And then, so that was really nice. Um, Then another thing, whilst uh, sort of coming to the show notes of uh, last week's episode. I love calling it a show. I think I need to say (laughs) I need to start an actual show. <laughs> no, I mean, people just always call it show notes, and no, I just I know, think I totally it's like that. easy just, enough to it. like. So let's let's call it podcast notes no, no, or whatever. I think just calling it a show is cool because it, it just makes me want to expand, expand it, you know. Yeah. And really like sort of I, blow up the entertainment value. The I don't know. I always, yeah, 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 exactly. We should like. There's gonna be like guests and stuff as well. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get like a. We'll get a crew as well that'll yeah, take tea every couple of minutes. Exactly, yeah. No, I mean, like, then I we think... we can get our hair done before. This is all coming, for yeah. sure. No, you know, also, like, just, like, things like the, like, morning show or something. I don't know. I always like this sort of why idea. Did, why did I have to pick, of all things, I had to pick, like, 
we can get our hair done before when like the only thing I don't have is hair. <laughs> Moving on. Um, anyway, so when I was <laughs> writing down the show notes um, the next day um, and looking up, you know, like that uh, Dreamcatcher book, so like Traumfänger in German um, that I talked about. So it's called The Mutant Down Under in English. And so only after we recorded the episode last week, I found out that the story is completely made up. Yeah, so I was a bit disappointed, to be honest, but also, again, like thinking of that sort of intuition you sometimes have, because I already mentioned last week that I hadn't like finished it for years and years, even though I quite liked that story. And the problem isn't about the story being made up, but it was kind of marketed that it was a real story and that woman actually did go on that journey. If you don't know what we're talking about, just go back to that last week's episode. Um, But yeah, so I was always very like interested in sort of like Aboriginal culture and Australia and things like that. So uh, that was just a random thought where I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame that mm. um, that was all made up, you know. And yeah, only like I think last week, uh, last week, last year or beginning of this year, I was, you know, I don't know if anyone else has this Thing happened to them but sometimes I start books and I just cannot like get through them so I just put them away and that book I was like no you should really finish this book so I did it just to finish it but actually it didn't bring me more joy than mm. if I had just left it there and maybe you know that was kind of my intuition saying something about this story isn't quite aligned or something you know call it what you want but I thought that was quite interesting I did mention that last week I didn't finish it for long time you know but what I was then thinking about um I'm not super sure anymore when I watched this movie yeah so then I did think about like sort of the story and stuff like that and then I was thinking about that movie like uh, Long Walk Home or like I think um, maybe in English it's called Rabbit Proof Fence I'm not super sure like the book I think to it which I haven't read is Rabbit Proof Fence and then I think the movie is called Long Walk Home, which is a really, really good movie. I, like, I'm not even sure anymore how I got this DVD because it wasn't out in Germany. I think I ordered it. That was one of my first like online purchases. Do you know that movie, actually? I've heard of it and wanted to watch it for some time, but never got right to it. We, we need to watch it. It's really amazing. Yeah, highly recommend that. And that's um, an amazing story sort of about Australia and, and how you know, Aboriginals, unfortunately, were treated as well. And yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, and also quite sad, of course, but um, really well done movie, I think. I hope there's not something else, like another backstory that I don't know about. But at this point, um, yeah. And then that brought me to sort of the thought of music that has shaped us, like in films, you know? Like, yeah. because we talked about books that have shaped us and then music that has shaped us. And I also wanted to make a little playlist for that as well, actually, if we come to some interesting ones. So that um, Long Walk Home song, I will put on that playlist as well. Uh, I think it's called Gracie's Recapture. That song is really, really amazing. And, you know, like, that was 
part of that DVD menu, you know, when you still had this DVD menu yeah. and there was a song playing and like, I think that song was playing on that DVD menu and I just like left on that menu for ages just because I couldn't find the, like, uh, the soundtrack to it, you know? Yeah. So the score, like it wasn't online, like it wasn't like how it's now. You can usually find it on YouTube or Spotify or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that got me to think about that. So definitely that song was really important to me when I was younger. And then just like before we sort of started recording, I was thinking as well, then another, and that's really nice because that's a, a woman as well. Thanks to my siblings, actually, um, the soundtrack to Chocolat, nice. um, yeah, and the score, do you say score? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah um, and the score is by Rachel Portman. And that was actually, we played this soundtrack, the soundtrack? Soundtrack or score. Okay, so we... Soundtrack can be songs that have been contributed by other artists. The score is like music that was made by an artist oh, yeah, for true. the music, yeah. for the film. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we listened to the score of it um, basically all the time when we did a trip through Norway in 1999 in our Jeep nice. <laughs> with the whole family, the five of us squeezed into a Jeep with all kinds of gear and things like that. And... Yeah, that was amazing to listen to that soundtrack. So because I was seven years old by then, I was too young to actually watch the movie. So I only watched the movies like a few years later, basically. So I knew the music first and then the the film, which I also loved. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, so what about you? Do you have any sort of film music that shaped you when you were younger? I mean... Yeah, that just sort of popped into my head after we just tapped into some books that shaped us when we were maybe growing up or whatever. I've been really into films since I was a kid, but I didn't. I wasn't really aware of how the soundtracks were affecting me. But I did used to always sing, have you know, have the melodies in my head, and you know, part of the excitement of rewatching a film was to experience the the music again. Yeah, totally. That's Sometimes true. it was like the sounds were even more powerful than the the actual pictures. Yeah. You know, from all kinds of things like Arnold Schwarzenegger films and it's like really like <laughs> sort of rip-roaring 80s soundtrack to more like calming, maybe animated stories that, you know, kind of orchestral music. And I really, I definitely always, uh, these things always moved me, I, I feel like, when I was younger as well. But I didn't really, I wasn't aware that music was doing this to me. But when I reflected it now, I can see that that was definitely what was happening. Yeah. And then, of course, got into my teens and started listening to the soundtracks of films more acutely. So yeah, it was stuff like um, Thomas Newman's soundtrack from American Beauty was, of oh, course, definitely. like a big one for people of my generation. Yeah, my brother had that on his computer and I loved that soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, was, there was all kinds of stuff like that, you know, like emotive, class, not classical, but orchestral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. The soundtrack to Donnie Darko is another amazing one as well. Um, there was slightly more off-kilter stuff. There's a movie called Pie, which is not like the food pie. It's um, the mathematical symbol pie. Mm. Um, the soundtrack okay. to that is amazing. It's um, 
by an artist called Clint Mansell. And it's oh, yeah, that's very, a good one. like, weird, sort of, like, sometimes a bit drum and bass, but more, like, psychedelic electronic stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. There's some really memorable moments in that. I really like the Clint Mansell. Yeah. Like, what other soundtrack did you do? Did Requiem for a Dream. Mm, no, I mean another one. Oh, which one of his? I feel like it was Black like Swan, of course, is a tall. Yeah. Classic. Wait, Python there, weird. Oh, Moon. Moon is amazing. The Moon's an absolutely amazing soundtrack. I feel like there's another one. Maybe I actually only... No, the Noah soundtrack, I think. I haven't watched that movie. Nice. <laughs> I think, but... um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does cool stuff. Interesting, you know, like, cool. So that, yeah. that really stuck it. There, mm. there were the soundtracks that I went out and bought. That was yeah, like cool. a new experience, was, you know, um, loving a film and then buying the soundtrack. One, of course, fun. that we both listened to is the one of Lost in Translation. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's, yeah, that that's like a classic soundtrack, I suppose, the score in that. Yeah, it's a really awesome compilation of tracks by artists that everything suits the pictures so much and yeah really when it, when you hear any of the songs it evokes all the emotion that yeah you experience during the the repeated watchings of the film you know totally just awesome so good so um like escapist in a way or i mean yeah they mentioned to that norway trip of course the edward greek pagan suite like was of course on the road with us as well because yeah it's got the survey song on it yeah Still kind of counts in that sense because yeah, that's definitely counts. in like quotation marks film music that <laughs> yeah. shaped me. Yeah, cool. Anything else that pops into your head? Maybe like general music wise, like if it's like a the giant piece, we could maybe like have a classic classical piece. Mm-hmm. You know, like just like Edward Edward Greek. Yeah, I wasn't into classical music at all as a youngster. Mm. I had no exposure to it whatsoever. Okay, interesting. First time I was exposed to classical music was a friend of mine, Edward, because he, yeah, he was <laughs> so unbelievably talented at the piano already at the age of 12 or whatnot. Okay, that's quite ironic that, you know, yeah, totally. the Solvay song is yeah. on Edward Griggs. Yeah, like. yeah. And he was huh. like, and I, to be honest, you know, like, and he'll remember fine well my response to him <sighs> talking and to me about this kind of music and him trying to, you know, promote me to listen to it. I was just not into it. I felt like it was for generations way beyond me I felt like it, I felt like you had to you know if it wasn't in your family it was something you would never really get into or whatnot so I just I always felt like I was kind of alienated from classical music until mm-hmm. later in life yeah interesting um, and to be honest like probably the, t- the time is coming quite soon for me to probably get into it yeah like, properly because I have no real orientation around uh, classical artists so yeah there's such a massive world out there and I think there's so much joy to be had by listening to it and so much to be learned that I'll definitely tap into it soon. So would you say actually film music has like sort of exposed you to more like the classical side of music in a way? Yeah exactly like you know from listening to orchestral film scores it's definitely sort of opened me to uh, open me up to to enjoying the experience of listening to to music performed by classical instruments. Yeah. Um, and usually when I talk to people about, you know, how a particular orchestral score has moved me, um, people who are fans of that genre say, well, you need to look further back in time to, you know, stuff by, you know, Bach, or you'll, you'll see really like the foundations were laid by, by such people, you know, 
really like further back than I would have ever imagined, uh -huh. you know, and, and the stuff. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much there to be discovered, I'm sure. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'll get stuck in quite soon, I think. Yeah, cool. And then we'll show you that as well, for sure. Yeah, that'll be my next phase after jazz. Jazz isn't going to pass, but like I'll just no, exactly. start branching out soon. Well, maybe swing back and forth and yeah. just discover all kinds of realms of music because I actually like that you want to get into it because I know lots of these pieces, of course, but I still like to would like to be able to navigate through them a bit better because again, like we know, I'm still working on being better with names and things like that. So also I would like to know the proper numbers of the suite. Oh, I find it so that confusing. I, know, I have you no know? idea what people talk about all this stuff. It, to yeah. me, it still just sounds so strange. I, I did no that idea. a bit in my studies, of course, but still, you know, it's an ongoing yeah. journey. Um, I still remember, like, my friend Edward, he, oh, he, was, he expressed so much frustration when I called. I, I asked him, like, oh, what's your favorite <laughs> song by Beethoven? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, you just don't call a song. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. a piece or, Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I was of like, course. Well, I, like, a song is just what I call <laughs> an occurrence of music. You know, Aww. he was like, "This is just disgraceful." Like, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Knew you're never gonna like music, and that's it. He was that's having it. a laugh, and it was yeah, yeah, so I, I cute. Think part oh. of me said it to wind him up, but like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the kind of discussions you have, like oh, when you're it. younger, just to yeah. make a point that you can still say these things, yeah. right? Yeah. So, what's that piece again? Um, on the Manchester by the Sea soundtrack. No, it's not. Oh, this one exactly. No, is it? Oh yeah. Yeah, so the piece Adagio. Oregano, or right, yeah, tasty. <laughs> Oregano! <laughs> no, 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 no. Adagio, Oregano in G minor. <laughs> um, okay, I will get like blasted um, by comments uh, how bad my pronunciation is. I'll. I'll work on that for next time and then I'll let you know. But so many people think this is like an overused piece and I actually, I wrote a, a paper in my university about the whole like score for Manchester by the Sea, uh, including, no, soundtrack because including that song. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was random. I didn't want to, even though I feel like that whole mu movie and soundtrack trapped me, but that was a later point. It's quite a recent movie, I guess. It's a good one. It's so heartbreaking, but so good. It, again, in a cathartic way, I think. Yeah. Yeah, don't you think? I mean, I was, I was like crying so much. Don't you remember? I was absolutely yeah. in pieces I after. Yeah, really that affected me, but maybe some other stage in life. We would. watched that in the cinema, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes these things just need to come out, and that movie definitely helped me to let all these things out. Cool. Then another thing, like. I love, love, love when people uh, get in touch to me about the podcast episodes we do. So feel free to get in touch if you have any thoughts about it. But my friend Jana got in touch and uh, actually made me aware of another female author. So it's a book, Girl in a Band by Kim Gordon. Cool. So I thought that sounds a bit like the counterpiece to the book that you've read, which is quite interesting. And she said it's a really good book. So I'll look into that for sure. It's nonfiction. Not sure. Okay. To be honest. Jana, please help us. I also really hope that Jana is going to join us on the podcast at some point because she's got amazing insights and is full of wisdom. We can talk and about the differences in being a 
performing artist in Berlin and London. Yeah, that's, that's true. Cool. That would be amazing. Yeah, that. that's true. Actually, yeah. I hope that I can convince her to come on because yeah, I adore and love Jenna. So then another random thing, our lockdown recipe that we've talked about on the podcast before is online as well. So please find the link in the show notes and have a look through that and maybe make the lockdown recipe. My mom already made it from that recipe and she really enjoys making it because it's so super simple and easy. It's like a light ritual, you know? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Definitely. And you get better making it every time, so... Yeah. If you don't experience or reap the rewards of absolute bliss and, and delight at the recipe within your first try, I urge you to try a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. And when you finally get there, it's going to blow your mind. And like I wrote in the uh, recipe as well, like we also sometimes even make the wraps now from scratch. Oh, that's um, next level. Which is next level, but it's also so easy to make that. So again... If you're making that recipe and we would like me to post the, the wrap recipe as well, please get in touch. <laughs> Great. So um, I think we're moving on to the random thought of the week. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so I was exposed to the work of Robert Sapolsky, mm. uh, the author of a book called Behave, which is about the biology and neurology of humans and other species. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was uh, recommend, like Sam Harris recommended Robert Spolsky's work to me <laughs> as if I talked to Sam Harris. Oh yeah, but, you uh, talk to him daily basically, yeah. don't you? Yeah, he's a cool yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's busy, so yeah, we don't chat that much. Yeah. He tends to talk to me and I listen to it. Mm-hmm. That's still like a conversation, really, isn't it? I sound like I'm definitely an obsessive weird stalker who <laughs> believes that by no. listening to this podcast, I'm actually talking to him. <laughs> I feel like that too, though. Yeah. I feel like we both feel quite connected to. Yeah. Actually, so I'll, yeah, extra shout out to, you know, Herr Harris. Yeah, Sam Harris definitely listened to his podcast. As yeah, it's probably, he's probably no stranger to anyone who listens to podcasts because I think he's really, really popular. But actually, from listening to the last episode, I can't remember who was the guest in it or whatever, that's another topic. But he, he, he did actually say that whilst you can pay for his podcast to keep it going, and he appreciates that, another way to support the podcast is to talk about the podcast yeah, on your I, podcast. I listened to that too. I thought, so yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I'm going to make it clear that... Um, Even you though know, you do pay for it as well, so you're yeah, double you, promoting here. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, so I urge you all to check out... Sam Harris's Making Sense podcast is really informative. It's basically my version of the news now. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, fantastic. And he, co he covers all kind of very important current issues. Yes, agreed. And he has a knack for summing things up in a very digestible and clear way. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, totally check it out. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I read, and I've started Just reading. like quickly how you um, said like, even without promoting, you can ask to not pay for the podcast and then you still get access to it, which is also, I think, an amazing thing to do. Yeah, with no questions asked. Yeah. So you don't have to feel like a cheapo. Exactly. So if you're not in the position to pay for it, then you just send them an email and they give yeah. you access. Really cool yeah. system. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, basically, you know, after hearing him talk to the author himself, Robert Sapolsky, he mentioned the book in the podcast Behave and I thought it sounded really interesting. 
hit it. I'd say it's my first foray into the world of neuroscience. It's, you know, it's a really complex topic, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Robert, I'll call him Robert for now because we're in terms <laughs> now too. He's a of mine. Yeah, Sam and Robert, so Robert, right? Robert's been telling me about, um, you know, he's been trying to tell me about how the brain works. And, you know, he's trying very hard to help me understand it because it's very complex. And I'm, I think I'm just starting to wrap my head around it now. I have to reread chapters about a hundred times, but, you know, give myself credit. It's actually really, really complex. And I'm not just being super stupid. Um, but there's so many weirdly fascinating facts that really help you understand how we humans work. And, and often he compares us to other mammals too, so you can really get some perspective on this. But, you know, there's been a billion facts that interest me per page, but this is a really cool one. He dedicates a lot of the, the book to the effect of testosterone on humans. And I think that we often feel like testosterone as a hormone is... You know, you know, is a definite precursor for aggression, especially in males. And it's like, you know, males are aggressive because of testosterone. And males have lots of testosterone or, you know. How weird. Now it just gave me the notification yeah. for the new Sam Harris podcast via email. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's again, creepy it's, right Sam here. Sam Harris is just... Uh, and I'm very sorry for that sound. He's, he's so rude. You interrupt I thought I... Podcast, right? I'm, totally... So he wanted to say rude. hi. Yeah. He's he said, "Wow, such an attention seeker." He actually got in touch now. Oh he's my like, god! If I wasn't giving him credit, he was like, <laughs> "Mention my name again." All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. To cut long story short, testosterone does not exactly um, result in aggression, and it's not. The cause of aggression, which I definitely thought before I read this book. Um, in fact, testosterone actually is basically the precursor to certain behaviors, um, and it has it takes its biggest effect in humans, male and female, during challenges one faces. So, if you're faced with a challenge, whether it's like a stressful challenge or if it's like a, a challenge to your status or your, yeah, your status in society. And you feel like you have to maintain your status. So if you're being challenged in a fight or an argument, or it's like a hierarchical challenge or something like that, and you feel like you have to defend yourself or something. Um, if you experience like a surge of aggression in this moment, it's probably because of testosterone levels in you. But testosterone didn't cause it, it just basically triggered the behavior, which might be aggression. But if you're also like an empathetic person, it would have triggered more empathy in you. So it's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just find that really, really eye-opening. But it basically just exaggerates behavior. So yeah, if you're like a, a very emotional person, the testosterone is going to bring that out in you. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, it doesn't make you aggressive. So if you, yeah. if you take someone who has no history of aggression and you um, sort of inject them with testosterone, they will definitely not become aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I just find that interesting because I thought, I thought that would definitely have the opposite effect. It would just make anybody aggressive or it would just, mm. it would make you act like, you know, extremely, but not it's not the sure case. Not too sure if I had too many thoughts about it before, actually, before you I told totally me did, this random Because everyone, fact. you know, well, maybe just be, being a male, everyone seems to always comment how, you know, oh, you know, you better watch out for that testosterone. Yeah. So, but the most interesting, actually, I, I forgot, this is the most interesting fact about testosterone. So it doesn't cause aggression in people. But what testosterone does to you 
is it makes you behave in the way that is most suitable for you to remain status in a challenging situation. So let's just say, for example, you're in a situation which is tricky with a number of people mm -hmm. and the way for you to maintain status is actually to be very, very sympathetic. Testosterone makes you sympathetic. Mm -hmm. But if, you're, if you need to become aggressive, you know, if you, maybe you're being attacked, mm -hmm. testosterone makes you aggressive to increase your strength. Mm -hmm. If it... If so, the, but we all have the same sort of yeah. levels. Yeah. So basically what testosterone does is tries to make you successful. Okay. But sometimes people misunderstand that in their body, in their psyche or their body tells them that like, you know, violence is the, is the key to everything. Uh -huh. So therefore testosterone makes these people violent more. But it basically testosterone is kind of there to help you achieve okay which is just really weird to me and really mm. eye-opening interesting yeah Something yes what i said there's thousands but okay. you know a nice little factoid as sam likes to call them <laughs> um i don't know if he coined that phrase but it sounds really funny to me it sounds a bit like a, a robot or something yeah factoid but yeah his factoid robert sapolsky's that is is that people that are um, exhibiting stress it's neurologically proven that they notice grumpy aggressive faces more so if you are stressed out mm. you're literally magnetized to stressful looking faces crazy so that's why you come you know if you if you had a bad day at work and you're on your way home and your commute is like an hour long you come home and you sort of report to your partner you know i've had a bad day and it was unbelievable you know by chance on the way home just today, to suit my mood, I saw so many grumpy people mm. or people were misbehaving. It's because basically you, yeah, you know, we know like philosophically, we, we, we end up noticing yeah. in other people what we see in ourselves or whatever, yeah, yeah. but it's actually like, and it's neuroscience proves it, like your brain actually recognizes like the physiology, that your brain recognizes the physical structure of these faces more. Mm. So it literally becomes more apt in picking them out of a crowd uh, like you will just see these clearer than happy faces yeah so yeah i think that helps us all basically re retain a bit of clarity so if you think that the world is throwing more horrible people your way to punish you if you're in a bad mood it's not it's because your brain is designed to actually find similarities in people's moods yeah. that match your own yeah so yeah next time you're grumpy and you think you've seen lots of grumpy people remember <laughs> they were probably equally as happy yeah that's interesting your brain yeah. is like it's sort of trying to find the grumpiness because we often speak about like moods and stuff in yeah. town and how everyone's feeling with lockdown and stuff like that so maybe that's just yeah. us looking for other people that feel like us yeah totally yeah yeah cool yeah then another really random <laughs> it's not a fact of the week just like a random thing that happened to me again sort of so last week i picked up that book like from Paolo Coelho and it's called The Witch of Portobello which I bought years ago and I couldn't remember when yeah. I bought that actually and usually I always can remember the place where I buy things you know because a bookshop always makes me feel a bit at home wherever I am you know like I don't know through like trips in Asia I like found a random like international bookshop and like um in Norway and in my internship like I found this Murakami book in 
Norwegian and you know there's always like a sense of kind of home when I go there but this book I didn't know where I picked it up anymore then yesterday which was the 4th of August so the 4th of the 8th month so right before going to sleep this receipt falls out of the book you know and I was like oh okay so you can hardly read it you can see it here mm. um I bought that in Hanover when I was working at an exhibition for like, was it two weeks, three weeks, something like that. Because I sometimes did these intense sort of jobs where you just get put into a place and then you're there for a solid amount of time, like sort of getting school groups through it and stuff like that. So, and interesting, you know, I love my numbers and things like that, but <laughs> I bought that on the 4th of April, 2013. So seven years ago and cool. it took me seven years to pick that up but also that you know it was like sort of half like the fourth again and on the fourth seven years later but then on the eighth so double that up i know that doesn't really yeah, make sense plot, no. <laughs> and yeah also just like why i picked that book up seven years after and this book you know one of these books that just completely speaks to you and this book hundred percent speaks to me exactly in this moment so i think it was exactly right that i picked it up now and read it because it wouldn't have been the same seven years ago cool. you know as if i was ready for this book now and just one quick line um that i thought was really fitted for the whole cancel culture thing there's one sentence where it says if i were to publish an article tomorrow saying everything i think i'd be accused of working against the feminist cause so I just I just leave it here like you can read the book yourself if you want to there's lots of amazing quotes like I I just I basically marked the whole book as you could see already <laughs> um but I thought we just leave it to that just like being mindful of this whole very fast-paced culture at the moment um without people actually wanting to say something bad and maybe sometimes just taking that moment as well to just look into the story a little bit deeper rather than just taking a quote on Twitter. Like then the person is cancelled for that. And, you know, for example, the whole JK Rowling thing, which I'm not sure if we should talk about that in more depth at some point or not. I feel like I would like to because there's a lot of interesting facts um, on the other side of the argument, which, you know, there's a good... Um, Side article that's in German that reflects on it a wee bit. Um, so yeah, nice. I'll link that down in the show notes or podcast notes. <laughs> I think it's very important that we're not just looking at one side of an argument and yeah. take the the mass culture opinion as a yes, yes all the time. There's still, if we want to live in a freedom culture, there should be. There should be space for different opinions. And I think in the end, we're all trying to say the same, just maybe in slightly different words, which then can be, they can be improved all the time. It doesn't mean that if someone makes a mistake that you then can never turn back or turn a new direction, you know? Like we're all here to learn and we're all here to learn together. And I just thought I really wanted to mention that quickly because I think we're not moving on if we're just, sort of yeah shaming other people yeah that's another ties into another sweet paragraph in the book that i read called uh, you know behave and um it actually um 
you know, say what you will about statistics and tests and data, um, but there was a really interesting test done and the findings show that there are huge dopamine releases in the human brain when somebody experiences the fall from grace of someone they admire. Mm, yeah, true. We talked about, yeah. Yes, so that's an interesting fact. You feel, somebody feels really, really great when they observe someone they admire or love um, fall from a very high status. Yeah. So if they, you know, if they mess up or if they are exposed or whatever, there's actually a gigantic dopamine release in the brain. You know, if we phrase this in another way, you know, we as humans love to see other people fail, which is a really weird, depressing fact. Yeah. But is indeed a fact if you if you trust the data. You know, if you want to look into that deeper, definitely check out this book. It explains it in great detail. Mm-hmm. But I think that, uh, you know, we can see examples of that all around. So I think that, um, you know, whilst there's really important issues that are worth discussing, we should definitely bear in mind that there are other reasons why we find it fascinating when people sometimes slip up, you know, in public yeah. and expose themselves, or if you want to call it expose themselves. Yeah. But so there's a there's a reason behind why we are so fascinated in seeing people mess up in public. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's not because of, you know, oh, finally we're progressing or the truth is out, let's use this to develop and become happier. You know, it can, unfortunately, it can be a bit more egotistical than that. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in the context of performing before and how it's usually nice if someone slips up because you get that deeper connection to the person performing, you know, because suddenly from a performance, it moves into something more human. So just trying to remember that when you see someone in your eyes slip up. I mean, I can see how, I can see how it definitely, how logically it definitely helps. Um, People feel good about themselves to see somebody fail, like somebody who they thought had achieved such greats that they could never achieve. If you really admire somebody and you think, my goodness, I would love to be where they are. They are amazing. They all they do these incredible things. I could never hope to achieve what they've achieved. But then if you see them slip up and make a mistake, that suggests inadvertently that, oh, they're actually, they're not as great as I thought. Maybe I'm actually as good as them. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can actually achieve what they achieve because yeah. they've exposed them to be some something less than me. Yeah. So maybe I can actually get ahead now. Yeah, and also being able to still discuss if that was actually a slip up or not, you know, like so it's a like I mentioned, topic. like yeah. lots of these things that are like sort of like in this whole cancel culture realm. Yeah. Like, I just think let's look all a bit deeper into the argument here and what has actually happened before we make judgments on yeah. minor things. You know, and is reported in many podcasts at the moment. I think the most important thing, in my view, is to always to always promote the freedom of speech and the, the sharing of opinions and to further discussion. Yeah. If we make it so terrifying for anyone to open their mouth, well, we don't want to discuss where that's going to lead us to because that's something resembling a police state. Yeah. We should always feel like we can at least share our opinions. We should be open to discussion, open to criticism. But if we feel like we're so terrified that, you know, lest I say something that someone doesn't agree with, you know, they might, what was it, cancel my life? Or whatever you say, like what's, what's the new terminology? But if I feel like I face, simply by talking, I face massive 
repercussions, then maybe I'm not going to talk anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. How insane is that? Yeah. I think it seems to be that's what we're pushing for without even knowing it. Yeah. Which is just totally mad. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and just still, if you have a conversation, still keeping that open mind to listen, yeah. actually. Cool. Um, <laughs> I think we're way further into this episode than I thought we would get to. Um, let's share some other thoughts maybe next week. Um, before we get to your dress record of the week, do you have one actually this week? Um, Just take a minute to think about that. So the practice of the week, I think um, we still need to catch up on lots of <laughs> episode, but we continue to smell, connect and hug trees. So maybe you still give that a try. If you haven't done so yet, listen to episode five of the podcast to hear more about this uh, whole smelling and feeling and connecting and hugging trees. I thoroughly enjoy this and maybe it's my, one of my favorite practices at the moment. So that's why we haven't done the other ones yet, but we will, I promise. <laughs> so any record recommendations? Oh yeah, that was a good introduction. Nice, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I hope you can actually hear that. Okay, so there's a really great band called the New Zion Trio, and the record is called Fight Against Babylon. Okay, cool. It's really hard to find. Well, it's on Spotify, but you can't really buy it on record. Okay. Yeah, they're pretty independent. All right, yeah. amazing, great, well found. What? How did you find that one? Um, it was through the Instagram of the really cool record store in Japan. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. Great. So thank you all so much for listening. Feel free to get in touch if you have any recommendations or comments or whatever. Thanks a lot and have an amazing week. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.